Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I ask that your spirit would just be in this place, Lord. Give us ears to hear your words, both through song, through scripture. I pray that you would open our hearts to what you have to say this morning. It's all for you, God. It's all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning. Um, it's good to have you all here. Uh, there are some new faces here, so just introduce myself. My name is David. Um, I'm the student ministry guy here. Uh, most of you know that already, but um, but I'm excited to bring the word this morning. Uh, last week we started in a new sermon series through the Book of Acts, and it's called In Action. In pause action. That pause is important because English is a dumb language. Right? In action means something very different than it, it, the exact opposite of in action. So that's important. But we are a church that's called to be active, that is, is pursuing a mission. It's pursuing the mission that Jesus gave the church 2,000 years ago. Now, if you've been here longer than a few weeks, you've probably heard uh, that this church believes that we have a very specific calling, that there is a mission here. We are called to gather, transform, and go. We as the body of Christ are on a mission to, to gather together, to be in fellowship with one another, to, be, to love, support, and, and speak the word in love and in truth to one another, and that in doing so that we are transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And through that transformation, some of us are going to go. Pastor Adam last week said, uh, said that he hopes some of you ultimately leave Maple Park. And I'm going to echo that. I hope some of you leave Maple Park. Not that I hope you walk out the door with a bitter taste or that we you know, give you the boot or anything like that. Not, nothing like that. But, but that you would ultimately, through the guiding and the calling of the Holy Spirit in your life, that you would go out. You would go to other cities, go to other states, go maybe to other countries. And bring the news of what you learned here, the word of God. Now this mission, it comes from the words of Jesus. It comes from the words of Jesus. And, and, and he, he says this as he ascend, right before he ascends into heaven. Jesus' last words uh, to the disciples were these. In, in Acts chapter 1, you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So this is it. This, this is the mission. God tells us that we will receive power. Everybody say power. power. All right, good. You're awake. Cool. Speak to you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea and to the ends of the earth. So the first thing that I'm telling you this morning is that God's mission has not and will not change until he comes again. His mission, therefore our mission, is to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. But this leads us to the question of how. How on earth are we supposed to accomplish God's mission, which ultimately leads us to our text uh, today in Acts chapter 2. Now, I've been here at Maple Park for going on two years now. 
Um, and, and when I look back at the last two years, the question that comes up over and over in my mind of all that's happened here is how? How on earth are we doing this thing? How, how are we able to do ministry in a highly secular culture? We live in, in one of the most secular areas in the country, greater Seattle area. It's a highly secular area. 70% of people here would claim that they are either agnostic or atheist. That is way above the national average. It seems like every week I see a new face coming in here through the door to hear, hear the word through song and through, through the preaching of the word. And, and, and I don't know how that happens despite, you know, when, when we've had to have spending cuts. There have been difficult things that have happened in this church. I mean, 20 years ago, there was the fire. There's been a lot of things that have happened here in this church. And, 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 and gosh, I look at myself and I go, how am I doing what I'm called here to do? Despite all of my shortcomings, my personal shortcomings, which are many. But God tells us the answer. Well, in, in, in Acts 1, when he gives the mission, he says, the answer is by the power that you will receive. So church, you've received power. And today we're going to look at that in depth. So uh, now in Acts chapter 2, to give you a little bit of context before we, we jump in, what's going on here is we're in the city of Jerusalem and there is a huge festival called the Festival of Weeks. Now, the Festival of Weeks is essentially a harvest festival for the Jewish nation. And Jews, not just within Israel and Judea, but from around the world, would descend upon Jerusalem. And uh, there would, it was a massive, massive celebration uh, to, to recognize that the harvest was by God's gift. Um, and so Jews from all over would be here. And... So it's kind of the perfect time for something amazing to happen. But there's only a handful of disciples here. And there's tens, thousands, hundreds of thousands of Jewish people in the city. So think about this. The harvest is plentiful, as the scriptures say, but the workers are few. Not only are the workers few, but they don't have a clue what they're doing. Not yet. But they're about to be infused with a power that is outside of themselves. Not their own power, not their own reason and logic or willpower or pull themselves up by their bootstraps power, but a power that's from beyond themselves. Power coming down from on high, dwelling within them, and in effect, changing them and all of human history. So let's read. Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost arrived... They were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty and rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of, as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. Let's pause here. In this moment, the promise of God was made a reality. God promises you will receive power in the next chapter. The power shows up. This gift, the Holy Spirit. And there's something cool here. And, and to be honest, this is just me being 
kind of a nerd and like connecting dots from Old Testament into New Testament. Uh, but I think it's really cool. Uh, sometimes we want to disconnect the God of the Old Testament from the God of the New Testament, right? There's like a common thing where people are like, well, that was the God of the Old Testament and he's different now. Some people want to say that. Well, that's not the case. And God makes that abundantly clear when this happens because uh, I was reading this book. It's by a pretty well-known pastor, Pastor Francis Chan. So you may have heard of him, but, but he points out something. And I think this is very true. When the, the Old Testament, the, the, in the Temple of Solomon, when the Temple of Solomon was being built, and they made a burnt offering to God. How does God appear? Comes down in fire on the temple of Solomon. How does God appear? Hear it as a tongues of fire. Like, this is really cool. I, the God of, who was in the temple, who's, and, and they were going to the temple to worship him, is now saying, I have a new temple. You are my new temple. You are the building blocks of my new temple. Come on, yes, sir. This is so cool. This temple transcends space and time. But think about that. You are a building block. I am a building block. And it's all rooted on the foundation that is Jesus. It's all rooted on that same foundation. But let's continue reading. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, are not all these people who are, who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? By the way, that thing, aren't these Galileans, is kind of an insult. They're saying, aren't these like the guys from that hick town, super uneducated? That's what they're saying. How is it that we hear each of us his own native language? Uh, Parthians and Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, uh, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others, mocking, said, they are filled with new wine. By the way, I have no idea if I said all of those places correctly. <laughs> One thing I've learned is that if you just say a name in Scripture with enough confidence, most people are, will believe that you said it correctly. I have no idea. <laughs> That's my confession. But God will break down barriers. This is God breaking down barriers to hearing the gospel. It's textless people from all around the world uh, that were here and each had their own language. There was no way that these uneducated men from Galilee should be able to communicate with them. But when the Spirit comes, he does an incredible work to literally break down communication barriers for the purpose of bringing the gospel to all these different groups and communities and I, I think this is so powerful, especially as we're considering a trip to Mexico right now. We've got this mission trip coming up. And there are all kinds of barriers that will be present. Amen. 
But God has the power to remove any kind of barrier in hearing the gospel. And last week we started this uh, initiative of Invite Your One. We're all given cards um, to write down the initials or first name of somebody that the Holy Spirit might be putting on your heart that you're just supposed to pray for, to love on, to support, and then ultimately, as the Spirit leads, to invite to invite into community, to invite into a place where they might hear the gospel. But there are, there are going to be all kinds of barriers. There are going to be all kinds of barriers in place that that person has. It may be a hardness of heart. There may be past trauma associated with the church. Or they may have heard all kinds of things about the church in a secular society. And go, why would I want to be involved in that? But God can break down anything that stands between people and hearing the love, the grace, the mercy that is shown in Jesus. This brings me to the second point this morning. A lot of times, I think, we want to take the burden of breaking down these barriers on ourselves. A lot of times, I think, we, we want to do this. We start to believe that if we just work hard enough and in just the right strategic way that maybe uh, we can make this happen where people hear the gospel. And, and, and I want to point out to you what the disciples were told to do and what they did um, before the Spirit came. In Acts chapter 1 verse 4, uh, last week we, we, we talked about this, in our, but Jesus says, to his disciples, to wait. He says, wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So what did the disciples do? They waited. And I think there's something in that for all of us, where before we move out into any plans that we have come up with, that we have put together, we need to know if we're in lockstep with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. I think a lot of times we, we want to go out and we bolt and we move and, and, and get halfway in and then we realize, oh, wait, I don't know if I'm actually doing what God, moving with God according to what He wants and what he, He's calling us. Or if I'm just making up plans as I go along. And I'm as guilty of that as anybody. It was important that they wait because God's timing is always perfect, but they also had yet to receive the power that they needed to accomplish the mission. So, so we receive power, we don't create power. So often we just want to, to will our way forward and plan an attack instead of waiting for the Spirit. Let me ask you a question, though. Uh, what do you want this church to look like. Do you, do you want the stuff that's happening here to be explainable? And what I mean by that is I, I think I, I can point to a lot of churches where I go, you know, and, and especially this is true in the West, I feel like, but I can point to a lot of churches and, and, and with great public speakers 
We've got really great public speakers and, and, and that are, are very persuasive but, but, and great musicians on, on their bands, professional quality musicians. And, and I kind of and I look at this and I go, yeah, like this is, this is cool and everything. But sometimes I wonder if the spirit is involved in that. Like the, the speaker's persuasive and everything, but, but he could probably sell me life insurance. Or he could do a self-help class, and I'd probably buy into that, too. He's just good at what he does, right? And, th- and there's nothing bad about having gifting. There's nothing bad about that. And there's nothing bad about having good musicians. By the way, I think we have fantastic musicians here. And, and, and we are blessed with that. But if the Spirit's not involved in that, I, it's just explainable. It's just explainable. Like, I want us to see what's going on here and go, whoa, that wasn't him. That wasn't her. That was something else. I mean, haven't you seen that before? Haven't you seen that where, you know, and where it's just all explainable? But when we read the accounts of Acts and what happened, and we read about the power of the Holy Spirit moving in these people, it's, it's not something that can be faked. It's not something that can be mimicked. It's not, it's not just some talented people. There's something about when the Holy Spirit works in a person's life and suddenly there's this power that comes from it and, and, and something resonates and comes alive. And, 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 I th- and I hope that we would want that, that we would long for that, that we would desire it. Holy Spirit is everything to the church. Holy Spirit is everything. I mean, how else can you explain what happened next? The the rest of the chapter, and I'm not going to read it because it's really long, but you can go home and read it. Peter, Apostle Peter, gets up and preaches. And and, and he brings a message to to the Jews, and and he convicts. He, he, He points the finger. He brings law and gospel because he says, yeah, you killed the Messiah, but guess what? There's grace and there's mercy for you. 3,000 people are saved and are baptized. And I mean, hang on a second. This is Peter. This is Peter we're talking about. Like, he's the guy who's always putting his foot in his mouth. When I, when I read scripture and I, and I read about Peter, to be honest, I relate with him a lot. He, he's kind of a ready, fire, aim kind of guy. And he's, I think of him as a lovable idiot. Because he's like, he's awesome, and he's somebody I'd want to be friends with, but also he says a lot of stuff where I go, yeah, that was dumb. And I'd probably say the same thing, but that was dumb. <laughs> but this is, so this is Peter bringing the message. How on earth does Peter bring a message that is so convicting that 3,000 people are saved and are baptized? That's not Peter. It's the Holy Spirit in Peter. So why do we do this? Why why is it important? There's a phrase. um, It's going to be in a song later that we sing. But it it says, May the Lamb of God who is slain receive the reward for his suffering. And this phrase actually comes from, uh, it's it's a very, very old phrase. saying that comes from the Moravians. Um, it dates back to about the 1700s. 
And God poured his spirit out on these people in, in such a cool way, and a very specific way. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you have heard about this um, revival that's happening in Asbury, um, where students are gathering and are worshiping, and it's been going for over a week now, 24-7 worship. <laughs> the Moravians had 24-7 time of prayer for 100 years. God's Spirit poured himself out on these people in such a specific way. But, uh, and even the, the Great Awakening and the, and the modern missions is, is kind of credited back to this movement in part. And many of them would leave their families. They would leave their families and they would give themselves in servant to, the, to, to bring the word to people. On, and the Holy Spirit would have them, some of them, even sold themselves into slavery. They would board onto slave ships. They would do that so that they could bring the word of God to, to other slaves. I mean, it, it, was in, it was incredible. And those who had felt this call to mission, they were, they were obsessed with the Lamb of God. They, they were crazy about it. And where the, wherever the Spirit told them to go, they would go. And, and, and they would yell out this phrase, May the Lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering, because he was worthy. Why do we do this? Why, why do we want the Holy Spirit? Why, why, do we, why do we care about bringing, invite your one? Why do we do any of that? Because he's worthy. Because he's worthy of all glory. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of it. So as we close today, church, I challenge you. I challenge you to be in prayer. Join with your life groups. Join with your prayer groups. Pray. Pray for the direction of the Holy Spirit. If you're not in a, in a group, join one. And Pray. Pray that God would show us where to go and how to go and how we're to do this thing. Because if it's not of the Holy Spirit, it's just going to be explainable. Pray for the Spirit to guide our interactions. There's the, the whole list uh, of names that we gathered, first names and, and initials that was sent out. So be in prayer for that list. Go through, pray it name by name. Pray for the people that weren't listed. And pray that God would give us the guidance to go out and into the world, to go. Because we, we have gathered. We are being transformed and the call is to go. Ask the Spirit to move. Ask the Spirit of God would work in such a way that things we would see happening would be totally and completely unexplainable. Let's pray. Father. God, I ask that you would just pour your spirit out on this congregation. That we, would be, that we would be totally so transformed by the power of your spirit. That people would come in here and see stuff that is just beyond us. That is clearly beyond us. That is only by you. God, I, I just pray that more and more people would come to know you as Savior, you as their Father, as their friend. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.